Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Across the table from me, Scott Rich, Scott Ritchie. I can't say your name, Scotty. I should. I've known you quite some time. Yeah, only like <laughs> 16 or 17 <laughs> years now. Beat writer for uh, the News Gazette here on all things Illini. Illini football, Illini men's basketball, throwing some Illini volleyball, other sports, Olympic sports as well. Yeah, so just this is a long way to say I have no life and I'm very busy. <laughs> you have a life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, covering all those sports. Hey, a lot of people would love to have that life, so there you go. Uh, but we, Scott's a little tired, a little grumpy I on, just, on a Tuesday afternoon here. He had a late it, it night. It doesn't feel, it should be like Thursday. I don't know, it doesn't he, feel like he had a Tuesday. He had a very late night slash early morning uh, on Monday with uh, Brad Underwood's Illini. Opening up the 2022-23 college basketball season with a 87-57 thumping of Eastern Illinois, our alma mater. It's all right. There's still hope for the Panthers this year that they can win more than five games. I mean, the bar's pretty low. It is. It is low. The bar's pretty high, though, for Illinois football. Nice segue. Thank you. I try. We are an Illinois football podcast. Let's not dive into too much of our murky past covering... EIU men's basketball in the downtrodden days of the mid two thousands. Um, Illinois football feeling glum. There's there's really no you, one <laughs> loss just kind of takes all the air out of everything. I mean, it's nice weather here this week in Champaign. It's sunny out right now. Uh, probably in the sixties or so today. Supposed to be in the low seventies the next couple of days. Doesn't feel like the second week of November. Although it's supposed to be really cold on Saturday for the uh, the game against Purdue, but man, Scott, a 23-15 loss to a Michigan State team that's under 500, and oh boy, the bandwagon feels a lot, uh, a lot less crowded uh, a couple days later. Well, it was interesting, the end of the Michigan State game. It was like, it was a one-score game. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus a two-point conversion, but you get so. the point, and like, Fans were bailing hard. Like, they just didn't want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that it was a disappointing loss if you're an Illinois fan because Michigan State, not great. And they were down eight players because of, you know, suspension and fighting in a postgame tunnel. Not yeah. smart. N- not ideal. Um, and the expectation was, you know, Illinois was going to win. They were like a 17 point favorite. So there's. You know, reason to be disappointed, but like, just imagine a scenario where you don't have any knowledge of what's happened this this season. Someone tells you it's November. 8th. What is what is today's date? Scott? <laughs> I had to really think. <laughs> it's November eighth, and Illinois football is seven and two. 
what would you think? And It'd four, be, four and two in the Big Ten. Yeah, it, in first place, sole possession of first place in the Big Ten West. I think every Illinois fan, if they didn't know how it happened, mm-hmm. be like, "That's amazing." Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of is because. I thought this was a five-win team. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a seven-win team. Still on track to have Still that. on track for Can that. you imagine, though, if that happens <laughs> and the fallout of, of that? <laughs> the disappointment of this week will be just magnified tenfold. Does that mean Illinois football's back, though? That that so many <sighs> folks are left dissatisfied after? I No. Okay. Because I think to be back, you've got to do it like in consecutive seasons at mm-hmm. least. Okay. If not like three. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's all no football, and I don't think that's ever actually happened. It has. <sighs> Not in my lifetime. It's been a while, but it has. Um, so they're, like, they're knocking on being back the door. Okay. They're not back yet. Okay. But there's still many opportunities ahead of them. Like, they can still win the West. They can mm-hmm. still go to Indy. They're not going to make the college football playoff. So you can you had that box checked, uncheck it, because it's over. Saying a two-loss Alabama team, if that happens, they make the college football playoff. Oh, boy. Well, Illinois fans will riot. I saw this one bowl projection this week. <laughs> and uh, Illinois in the Citrus Bowl. Playing Alabama. Against Alabama. <laughs> I'm <laughs> that, here for it. <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be something. I don't know how Nick Saban could get fired up for that, but I'm sure he'd find a way. Maybe. College football coaches always find a way to, like, just generate something to be upset about and <laughs> he'd be fine. Um, but CFP aside, and again, the dream is dead. A two loss Illinois team, even if they beat Michigan, beat Ohio State, mm-hmm. no one will pick them for the playoff. If there was a 12 team playoff, they'd still be in contention. Sure, but that's, that's not happening for a couple four of years. teams. Um, but. A division title never happened. They've in never Champaign. played in Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah. Ever. Um, they played in the Hoosier Dome back in the day, but never played at Lucas Oil. So there's still a lot to play for and, you know, a good bowl game at mm-hmm. the end. I mean, a respectable, a noteworthy, a significant one. I mean, if any. One that should be around in a few years, unlike a lot of the previous ones that I When hopefully in. they cut some of these, I mean, they're never going to do that. Just like I'm sure they're. Greg Sankey is going to find some way to expand the NCAA tournament because why? Um, it's another podcast guy. You have your own podcast. I've, I've, I railed against him and Jim Phillips a week ago. Okay. Just like stop it. Right. But like there'll be too many bowl games forever because it's essentially a participation trophy at this point. Well, Illinois is going to a bowl game. Like you said, Scotty, they could still win the Big Ten West. They can't win it. This, can't win it. Can't this win Saturday. it this Saturday when they host Purdue. Uh, the the build up for that game is the vibe is diminished quite a bit. Not only with Illinois losing to Michigan State, but also Purdue getting taken out back to the woodshed by uh, <laughs> offensively competent Iowa. Mm-hmm. Let's not go too far. <laughs> uh, but Brian Ferentz fighting for his job. I mean, really, no, he's not. His dad's never going to fire him. But anyway, Purdue. Uh, so there's a four-way tie for second place in the Big Ten West behind Illinois with Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa all at three and three. Correct. Illinois at four and two. 
I can't imagine the chaos that would ensue if Illinois were to lose to Purdue this Saturday because Wisconsin and Iowa are playing each other, so one team automatically is going to get to four and three. The others are going to go to three and four. Minnesota should go to four and three in the Big Ten this week. They're playing, playing Northwestern. Northwestern. Um, but if Illinois wins Saturday against Purdue, and if they can pull an upset at Michigan on November nineteenth. Does that clinch the Big Ten West, Scotty? Ed Bond is nodding yes. I think it should. Oh, yeah, because we'll have the tiebreaker over everyone else Fair enough. in the yep. West. Mm-hmm. And North, Northwestern, Northwestern doesn't matter because they stink. Um, and then... So even if Illinois... Illinois really, because everyone else has to win out. Mm-hmm. Illinois only has to win two of three. Okay. Does it, it doesn't matter the two wins. No. Okay. Because, well... Saturday matters. Yes, exactly. Have to have the have to be Purdue. Yeah. Okay. Fair but enough. then they could lose to Michigan, beat Northwestern. Northwestern. Fine. Okay. Um, which is probably the more plausible mm-hmm. outcome. But it all hinges on Saturday. If they beat Purdue. Yeah. Can't clinch, but they can put themselves into chaos if they don't win, uh, because at that point. Like Purdue will, gosh, I mean, Purdue's <laughs> lost to Iowa. Iowa's lost to I don't know everybody. Scott Ritchie's been covering Illinois football since 2017. He never imagined he'd have relevant football in November to worry about. No, and like Big Ten, title I don't know how the tiebreaker is going to work when everybody's tied head to head. Yeah, but like everybody's lost to everybody at that point. If Illinois loses, to oh Purdue, yeah, exactly. If Illinois loses to Purdue, then it becomes a little problematic and not as <laughs> yeah. cut and dry as it as it could be but if illinois beats purdue that is the key one yeah like and i'm not like i won't be rooting for this because again don't really care but just, it's less work if, for me having to figure out <laughs> the scenarios if illinois beats purdue so like i won't be upset fair enough you're just trying to avoid the graphic i'd assign you next week so yeah pay exactly. me the seven pay, <laughs> seven different ways the big 10 west can be won with uh, four teams sitting at yeah. four and three i mean like part of me in scenarios like this does like to see the world burn <laughs> the other part is like you're gonna make me do that and hey I, it's all right Scott, it's okay to. because in in 20 that sounds like a great w- assignment for bob osmus okay fair enough that might be uh it doesn't matter though because when the 2024 college football season arrives there's not gonna be divisions in the Big Ten, so this is just a yeah. But then it'll just be it's just gonna be strange because like they'll be in pods, I guess, and you yeah. play your pod and another pod, and they're all peas in the pod. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but uh, I think I might get to go to Los Angeles. That'd be okay. Yeah, there you go. Really though, do you want to go? I mean, I've never been. True, but I'm, like, honestly, I'd rather go for basketball, like Poly Pavilion. Okay, fair enough. Shout out. Um, yeah. football. Rose Bowl's an iconic venue, but it's like 26 miles from L.A. You got to deal with all the traffic. You got a long flight there. Yeah. Or you could just drive and take four days from Champaign. No, thank you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Probably longer from Piscataway. Anyway, we're getting we're going off a different direction than we anticipated here. So beat Purdue. The Big Ten West title is still right in front and center. And Illinois is in the driver's seat Illinois. still. Okay. The, if they... If they beat Purdue and Northwestern, they're in automatically, no matter what happens to Michigan, because they'll have beaten every team in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Even if, say, another Big Ten West team finishes 6-3, and three, like a Minnesota or Wisconsin. Yeah, because only will have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. Okay. So it's 
I don't want to say it's an easy path because Purdue, like Aiden O'Connell, could throw for six hundred yards or something, mm-hmm. but it's a a workable path mm-hmm. to the first ever division title in Illinois football history. All right, let's go back to Saturday for a little bit. Uh, Illinois got up early on Michigan State. Isaiah Williams doing Isaiah Williams like things, catching a pass and letting his athleticism take over and score. Well, and also good blocking letting field as well. Yes, you know Pat Bryant, Chase Brown. Kind of lead the way. Ter- it was like terrific blocking mm-hmm. downfield, actually. Illinois intercepted Peyton Thorne on the first pass. Yeah, of that's the day. where that was probably the first warning sign because Sidney Brown picked that off at like the 35, 40 yard line. Mm-hmm. And then Illinois didn't score. Mm-hmm. Like that was Michigan State's 35 yard line. Yeah. Illinois didn't score. Mm hmm. At zero, like no points at all. Like, all right. So, what is what is this team's problem once they get inside an oppose, opponent's 20 yard line? Is it the play calling? Is it the is it a mental thing now? <laughs> At this point, it probably is. But like, play calling, maybe so. And like, because it's usually like, let's run Chase Brown into the middle of everybody a couple mm-hmm. times, and like, teams are expecting that mm-hmm. because that's a huge part of the offense. They give the ball to him thirty plus times every game, and then so when those don't work, try something else that typically hasn't worked like they just haven't scored very many touchdowns in the red zone um and like they keep talking about it but it's still cropping up as an issue i don't know that there's been a fix i don't know what the fix is is it more josh mccray maybe but like chase brown is like it's got good speed but also he's like ripped like he's can handle still the nation's leading rusher what, up to 1,344 rushing yards after he had 136 on 33 carries against Michigan State? Yeah, I just think it's it's the same thing every time. Like, two chase-bound rushes that don't go anywhere, and then maybe a play-action pass that doesn't work, and then you're on fourth down, and usually it's been kick a field goal. On Saturday it was not going to kick anything because mm-hmm. – the wind's blowing 65 miles an hour. <laughs> um, was that the worst wind game you'd seen at Memorial Stadium? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, because the wind swirls in there on, like, nice days. So this was just, you know, the gusts were maybe more difficult to handle. Uh, Hugh Robertson would agree, I'm sure. Well, what was the most uh, concerning part of Saturday's loss in in your eyes, Scott? That, like, everything was not as good as it had been. Mm -hmm. Like, I could understand, like, where the offense was struggling or maybe the special teams were struggling. Seeing the defense struggle, like, it hadn't really happened Mm -hmm. very often. I mean, really, the Michigan State game and then the last five minutes of the Indiana game. Otherwise, Stevens have been pretty consistent all year. But I think the fact that all of just every phase there were issues was probably the most notable mm-hmm. thing about that game. And I think this is not the time of year to be falling apart a mm-hmm. little bit. So we'll see what they can do, you know, bouncing back against uh, a Purdue team where I think I mean you know what they're gonna do. Like throw the ball. Yeah, mostly to Charlie Jones. 
throw the ball some more. Like Charlie Jones has been targeted like 115 times this so year. So he's the Chase Brown of Big Ten receivers is what you're telling me. Yeah. and I mean, has Purdue's season been great? No. I mean, was the loss to Iowa bad? But, like, like Charlie Jones has to be thrilled like he's not playing for the Hawkeyes because <laughs> he'd never get the ball. Fair enough. Chase Brown, uh, like I said, up to 1,344 rushing yards. How many rushing yards is he away from breaking Mikel Shores? All-time single-season record, Scotty. I just did the quick math on my calculator. So <laughs> okay. Um, it would help if I knew what Michaela Shore's record was. 1,697. So it's like 360-some yards? He needs 354 more rushing yards to become the single-season all-time record holder at Illinois. He's got three more games, possibly five. Yeah, I mean. So. Is that going to happen? Yes. Hasn't rushed for less than 100 yards all season in a game. Yeah, I mean, he'll get that against Purdue. I mean, not all. Not all. If he does, then wow. <laughs> um, but he'll he'll get, get 100 okay. at least. Like I think he'd get it by the end of the regular season. Okay. How did how did he look in your eyes on on Saturday at all? Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the. I don't know if it's concerning, but it's certainly worth mentioning. It's like at the end of the game, mm-hmm. he was giving the jersey tug. It was like, get me out. Mm-hmm. I'm gassed. And that's not when you want that to happen. Brad Bielma, Barry Lunny have talked a lot about heavy workload for Chase Brown and how it's not sustainable over the course of a season. And I think we're seeing that. Mm-hmm. And when... You know, he's got to ask out. And, like, I don't – no blame on Chase Brown for that. Like, he, he knows his physical limits. And mm-hmm. if he's not at his best, in one way it's better that he recognizes that because it could be a real disadvantage for the offense. But, like, well, you you want him mm-hmm. to be – You want him on the field in crucial situations late in the game. Yeah, and, like – You'd rather have him on the field in the fourth quarter when you're down by a touchdown trying to get the end zone than on the field in the third quarter on the – or in the second quarter on the opening drive of the quarter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, like, Reggie Love has had a few moments mm-hmm. through the whole season, but there's a better chance that Chase Brown busts a bigger game than Reggie Love. Mm-hmm. And he can't do that if he's on the sideline. Do you know how many carries Chase Brown is up to this season, Scott? Probably should. Hundred and uh, is he at two hundred yet? No. Yes. Well over two hundred. What am I thinking? <laughs> um, two hundred and fifty-seven. Yeah. It seems it's a lot in the era of running back by committee. Mm-hmm. Like every level, it seems like that's um, a hefty, hefty workload there. It's more than twenty-eight carries per game. He is only 38 carries away, which he could get against Purdue. Might. He might. Uh, he's only 38 carries away from breaking the single-season record by an Illini with Robert Holcomb, who had 294 in uh, the forgettable 1997 season <laughs> when they went 0-11. They only played 11 games, so that just tells you his workload Yeah. in that year. Mikel Shore is second all-time with 281 in the 2010 record-setting season he had, but... Chase Brown's likely going to be the first Illinois running back to top 300 carries 
Especially if they play five more games. Granted, he's going to play more games than some of his predecessors. But, like... That's still a... Like, he could break Robert Holcomb's record in 11 games. Mm -hmm. Because he could have 70 carries in the next two games, which would put him over 300. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for some more Illinois football discussion after these messages. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And we're back on Inside Atlanta Football, breaking down the, the loss to Michigan State. I think we figured out the Big Ten West title scenarios for the Atlanta so far, Scotty. What, what else? What other topics do you want to cover as you handle football, men's basketball, volleyball, all these Illinois sports ping-ponging around in your head? <laughs> That's an accurate description. Um, <laughs> yeah, like... Yesterday, like going like just going football to basketball back to back was really something. Cause so let's take our take the listeners in. Let's get some inside baseball. So Monday afternoon, you're over at Memorial Stadium. Heard from Barry Lenny Jr., Ryan Walters, Brett Bielema over there for about an hour or so. Do I remember <laughs> much of what they said? <laughs> no, is it because I was thinking like about basketball? Yeah, kind of. Okay, you covered Illinois men's basketball. Uh, after we had Tom Michael on, the Eastern Illinois AD, former Illini at the Esquire for Monday Night Sports Talk, then you head over to State Farm Center, where you're at for about five, five and a half hours or so, six hours. Um, I don't know. Get home, finish writing, go to bed early Tuesday morning, get up. Vote. Vote, yes, it's election day, important. Uh, Back to Memorial Stadium. Hit up, uh, what, Tommy DeVito, who else over there? Alex Plastrum. Okay. Is he, Left. The, is he the Doug Kramer of this year? The starting center just has to be made available to the media. Seems like More it. than a Heisman Trophy candidate at running back. We have talked to Alex Pilstrom more than Chase Brown. Wow. And a little more inside baseball. We don't get to choose who we talk to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's another podcast. Yeah. Well, probably it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but had to leave before Brian Hightower finished up some extra work because uh, I had to go to Huff Hall okay. for some volleyball interviews and then came back record the podcast and i'll have to write so november it's a fun month it is it's busy you're gonna be in vegas in like nine days so you'll you'll have wcia's brett barons and i've been keeping each other appraised of the (laughs) countdown (laughs) to las vegas yes you're not gonna you're gonna gonna go to vegas and then catch a red eye after illinois takes down the bruins that friday night to go to ann arbor no. No? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We've split the responsibilities <laughs> that weekend. Fair enough. Uh, they're playing for the cannon on Saturday, Scotty. It's not a real cannon. You can't actually... It'd be, it'd be I a, wish it was. <laughs> I honestly I don't. Like, I like... Like for the trophy games, like... This is the first trophy game this season, too. Yeah, it's been a weird year in terms of... Well, it usually is. I mean, because... They only play, they have three trophy games now. The Cannon with Illinois Purdue, the Illy Buck, which is just going to permanently reside in Columbus, Ohio, most likely, between Illinois and Ohio State. 
And the hat. And a hat. Illinois Northwestern. The hat is in Champaign. The cannon is not. The cannon is not. It's in West Lafayette. And it's been there last two years. Let me check my I handy, handy dandy notes. Yeah, last two years. Last time they won it was 2019 and a monsoon in West Lafayette. And all, it's just the lasting image from that is Daniel Barker wearing ski goggles <laughs> sliding through the mud. <laughs> At Rossi Stadium. Michigan State really pushed him hard on social media last <laughs> weekend. <laughs> Every <laughs> Twitter promo, the, like the hype video, mm-hmm. you know, the we're here at the stadium video, Daniel Barker. They th- threw to him on the first play, maybe shouldn't have because they went to Sidney Ch- Brown instead. And then mm-hmm. um, he got a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for a play he didn't make. Mm-hmm. And then nothing. Nothing. All right. But he got the he got the dub, he got, got the, the dub, got the win. But yeah, that's that was the that's what I remember from the last Cannon victory. And then 2020 was the that Trump. was the first game at Memorial Stadium for that season, right? I think so. Yeah, it was the I just remember it as the Cron Taylor game because that's right. I think Brandon Peters tested positive. I for believe so. COVID or one of his roommates did at least. And Matt Robinson got hurt. Yeah, Isaiah Williams is also unavailable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a Cran Taylor game. And then, Played in front of about 800 parents. Yeah. And then last year uh, at Purdue, I have no recollection of that game. That was the controversial, let's kick a, f- let's not kick a field goal with James McCourt. Oh, uh, sure. I don't remember. Early yeah. in the season. It was one of those games. 13-9 win by Purdue. Yeah, where Illinois had a chance to probably win it, and they kind of gave it away in the fourth quarter. All right, how many times have Illinois and Purdue played, Scotty? Going into Saturday, how many times have they played a football game against one another? Um, let's go with 119. 97. Well, closer than I was last week. Who leads the all-time series? Purdue. Correct. Yes. Do you know what that series total is? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Purdue has a slim... 46, 45, and six ties. Oh, wow. Could go to 500 this weekend. Yeah, could be. Or Purdue gets a two-game edge. That's true. And then it wouldn't have a chance to get back to 500 until at least 2024. What year was the first Illinois-Purdue game? Played 96 times? No. 97. 97. Let's go... Was Purdue an original member? No idea. Uh, 1907. 1890. I was going to go in the 1800s. I was like, no, you did that last week and we're so wrong. It was a bad day for the Illini in West Lafayette. They lost 62 nothing. Ooh. Seen thank, it. Thank goodness social media <laughs> wasn't around back in 1890. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been bad. Yeah, Brett Bielema. To the telegram. Brett Bielema, surprisingly good. Not surprisingly. He's good against Purdue, except at Illinois. Five and one all time against the Boilermakers. Only loss was last year. Jeff Brom, likewise, former Illinois assistant under Ron Zook, he's good against Illinois too. Four and one all time. Twenty nineteen game loss being was the twenty nineteen game. So something's got to give. Maybe <coughs> there's your Illinois Purdue trivia lesson for for this week. So Scotty, that leads me to my next question. We record this on a Tuesday afternoon. Who wins? On Saturday, when Illinois and Purdue meet at Memorial Stadium in Champaign. Nice 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. It's a sports writer's dream. 
I mean, happy for that. Less thrilled that there's a 8 p.m. Friday night basketball game before that. Just uh, set up your tent in Grange Grove. Well, I just think about taking. That's what Ed's doing. Just think about taking my sleeping bag, mate. Just going up to the press box. That's fine too. Yeah, air condition. It's supposed to get down to like cold. Yeah, I'd rather have like 72 degrees <laughs> instead of like the inverse of that. 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think even after the end of the world lost to <laughs> Michigan State, that Illinois is still the better team. Okay, than Purdue have shown it. I think you know this season, so. We'll go Illinois. Okay. Again, it's going to be one of those, basically the same score of every Illinois game all season, and we'll go 24-14. Okay. I'm going to take Illinois 17-13. That's probably closer. Yeah. Get Get an early lead. The defense learns from its mistakes, makes life miserable for for Aiden O'Connell, get some pressure on him. Get him back there and uh, force a few turnovers. That's kind of the the recipe for success for Illinois football season. So I'm gonna say 17-13 win by the Illini and keep sole possession of first place in the Big Ten. Take an eight and two record into a huge, huge game at Michigan on November 19th. The game I imagine will be the big noon kickoff on Fox. No, it's on ABC. Is it? Yeah, they announced that yesterday. So no, that. no Fox. Uh, it's either 11 a.m. or 2.30. Since it doesn't really affect me anymore for that <laughs> one, I'm kind of hoping for 2.30. No, no, it'll be no. Like, it'll be 12.30 in Las Vegas. No, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not like get up to watch 9 a.m. football. All right, Scotty. Just make sure it's your your life is taken care of and your needs are met. Yeah. So, there you <laughs> <go>. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob. I'm thinking more for here on the... Oh, putting sorry. everything together sorry, for, for Sunday's paper. It's all right, Scott. It's fine. All right, so there you go. We've got uh, Illinois beating Purdue this Saturday. We'll see if that happens at all and if the buzz and the vibe returns to sh- last home game, too. Yeah, season. Alex Pelczewski's third senior day. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Him and, Mike, and Michael Marques. Like, Alex Pilstrom made that joke today <laughs> that because like, he's only had one. <laughs> only one. Usually yeah. people only have one. <laughs> so he's just going to get the second one. But, you know, Palcho and... Are we sure Palcho's not coming back for a seventh year? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Brett Bielema and the mastermind can't figure out some... I imagine, like, he just calls the NCAA enough that they're like, it's Brett again. Just t- <laughs> tell him yes to whatever he wants. Because he's, he's... I mean, to his credit, like, he's always trying to find an edge. Yeah, that's true. And still really unclear how he got a six-year of eligibility. Maybe next year is that it'll be uh, Tommy DeVito's back at Illinois. Can't say that they're maybe not trying. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right, well, uh, be sure to check out all of Scott's Illini coverage in the pages of the News Gazette and at IlliniHQ.com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Ed Bond for making us sound good. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football. Have a good week, everyone.